God bless you. You may be seated. Well, we're so glad you're here. We've got such a special treat for you this morning, too. But before I do that, let me do real quick, just make a couple of announcements. Last Monday night, we went to uh, the Christmas parade. We had over 50 people show up to go pick up trash. Um, we just went to be a part of the community, ask the Chamber of Commerce if we could just serve in some way and uh, ask, could we just pick up trash and just be there to be an encouragement to our city? And I don't know how it could have gone any better. I just felt like it just went so great. We had so many teams to go out and cover so much ground. Um, talked to the chamber this week and just had a tremendous response. I think that she even said they didn't have to pick up any trash, that it was all picked up. They didn't see a speck of trash. Um, and that if we would like, we could do that every year. And I said, we would absolutely like to do that. Yeah. Amen. We had such a great community response, just people thanking us. And uh, I told Wednesday night, I did not have on one of the Church on the Hill vests. I had one, I had an orange one that had uh, clean commission written on the back. And I had a uh, toboggan on my head and uh, hardly anybody could tell who I was. And I felt like I was um, doing community service on probation or out there. You know, people were seeing me and when they'd figure out who I was, they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just going to pick up your trash. Just let me have your trash. And they said, okay. But it was, it was just a great time. And uh, we weren't looking for recognition. I don't, I don't know necessarily that we got it. That wasn't our goal. Uh, but I feel like that our church body came together. Our church body heard a call and responded. We had some people from our church that said, we've been waiting. What was the response? It was, it was a, have waited their whole lives to do something like this. And it sounds so simple. But how, how, how much the Lord likes for us just to get out and love on people and to serve. What a mighty God we serve, but how he calls us to serve. And, uh, you know, we have this thing with Heather and Richie Billings uh, with uh, going and shopping. If you can't donate any money, then that's fine. But go and shop with the kids. You'll be blessed. They need people to go with these families. Uh, with Peter and Phoebe uh, Sozi, we've got kids that need to be sponsored. I think we had three or four get sponsored this morning. I'd like to see the rest of them get picked up. We do that every time. Every time that we ever have a need, we meet it. Now, let the Lord speak to you. I'm not trying to pressure you. Let the Lord speak to you. You want to know something? You're going to be the one that gets blessed. You're going to be the one that gets blessed. Um, Peter and Phoebe Sozi have been coming into our church back since Pastor Matt was here. So I think that it's been at least five or six years. And uh, I want you to know that they have sowed genuinely, uh, abundantly into our ministry, into me personally. Um, they are a ministry that we uh, sow into every month. Um, my heart goes out to this ministry. I was able to go two years ago this month, this week, to Uganda. Um, I would like to ask that if there are those that would like to maybe look at a trip this summer to go to Uganda, I want you to hunt me down, call the, ch the church office. The Pastor Peter's really twisting my arm to come back. I told him I'd try to come every two years, what's well, been over two years. And I'm hoping, and Pastor Peter, don't let me keep you from encouraging Elizabeth in front of the congregation again, like you did first service. I'm, I'm giving you that freedom to, to twist her arm again because uh, she doesn't listen to me. She, uh, she, maybe she'll listen to you and the Lord. That's what I'm praying for. So, uh, she does listen to me. I've got a great wife. Um, but, 
Um, Pastor Peter and Phoebe are a part of a school that we support, um, orphans that we support. There are you waiting until you see the video because there's so many kids that are a part of this school. They're also a part of church planting and a part of a, a, a network of pastors that are reaching the nation of Uganda. We were able um, five years ago to sow. We sowed seed into their ministry when we didn't have any money. Our church was financially um, burdened, to say the least. And we as a deacon board agreed to sow some money into his church, into his ministry and into another ministry just to get seed in the ground. And uh, they were able to, to plant their first church plant in Jogo that I was able to preach at their first Sunday. I mean, it was just a, a miracle how all that happened. And he's saying that the church is just growing and doing well. Um, I just encourage you to please uh, welcome and receive Pastor Peter and Phoebe Sozy. Thank you. Thank you. We give the praise and the glory to God. Amen. Um, I'm so grateful. I'm so honored to be back here at Church on the Hill. You know you are such a big part of us in Uganda, part of our ministry. We think about you, the pastors and the congregations. Remember you in, your, in prayers. And uh, we, are, we appreciate Pastor Paul and Elizabeth for receiving us. And we are grateful for Paul Sr. and Sarah, Sarah for hosting us. I sometimes want to ask them, can't you ask the, us to stay forever? This is very comfortable. <laughs> Amen. Phoebe will be coming later, but uh, she'll be sharing in a little while. And uh, Elizabeth, I want to invite you to Uganda. <laughs> you see me coming with Phoebe. You have ever seen me here without Phoebe? No. Do you know why? Do you know why? Someone wants to know why? She is the government. So if the government does not go, I cannot go. So you are the government. Please, would you come? Amen. Let us turn our Bibles, if we will, to Psalms 53. Psalms 53. Father, we are so grateful for this precious time that you've given to us to gather in this wonderful place that we call your house. Father, we are grateful that, that every time we appear in your house, you are here. You've already arrived in this place. You came before us and you came with us. And Lord, we ask that while we spend time in your word, you'll speak to us. We open the ears of our hearts to hear what you're saying to us as a church. To, to hear what you're saying to us as individuals, Lord. Father, we are children seated at your feet this morning. May you speak to us. Lord, we love you and we appreciate you. We give you all the praise and the glory. Sweet Spirit of the living God, you are most welcome. Have your way with us. Have your way in us. Be glorified today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Psalms 53 verse 1 says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. Here the Psalms kind, kind of brings a shock to us. He says, well, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one that do, does good. I want us to look around for a minute 
to look around our situation, to look around uh, our nation, to look around our communities. We are hearing everything negative happen all around us. We hardly hear of the good things that are happening, but we hear the bad things. Since I've been here a few weeks, but almost every morning, there's something that comes in the news. Something. Fifteen were murdered. Four have been murdered today. A hundred were murdered yesterday. And you know why? The Bible has told us because the fool has said to himself, there is no God. That's why we are seeing everything dysfunctional happening all around us and from the hearts of people. It's because in the heart of man, there is something that has nudged them, something that has compelled them to believe a lie that there is no God. All around the world, in Africa, in Asia, in, in Iraq, in Afghanistan, someone has sat down and said in their heart, there is no God. And because there is no God, they have the liberty to do everything that they do negative. Everything that they need to do, just that is on the other way. But you know what? Here even in America, we hear of things that are negative. Things that we could testify and say, they are evil. Do you know why? It's simply because the fool has said in their heart, there is no God. Pathetic. Tragic. But you know what? The scripture does not stop there. Let us go on to verse 2. What does verse 2 say? God whom they are rejecting. God whom people say does not exist. Do you know what? He's seated in heaven. And he looks down from heaven on the sons of men. To see if there are any that understand. As I understood by the Spirit, that God looks down from heaven. He does not look to those that say there is no God. No, he looks to those, those that he calls his own. Those that are called the church. Those that are here in all good. Those that are here on church on the hill. And he says, do they understand? Do they seek the Lord? I want to tell you, dear friends, this morning, if I will. We are living in the times when the church needs to understand the times that we are living in. We are living in a very serious spiritual battle. When the forces of darkness are trying to take more ground, are trying to overtake every ground that once stood for the Lord. I want you to understand that all around you, the devil wants to take possession. He wants to take over. He wants to overcome. Today in America, I will say to you, the voice of those that are saying there is no God is, is, is louder than those that are saying there is God. Why? Because the church has not understood the times and the seasons we are living in. And my challenge to us this morning, church, do you understand? The Lord is asking us. Do we understand the times we are living in? Before you begin to complain about the nudging boss, that boss in your office that you feel uncomfortable about, before you begin to look at him with a bad eye and you begin to judge him and begin to say, he's going to hell. Do you understand that there we are living in a spiritual battle? 
that that boss that is nudging in your office is not just because of him, but because there are principalities, because there are powers, because there are forces of darkness that are orchestrating and working through him to get at you. Do you not understand that that rebellious boy that you're beginning to judge and begin to give up on, it's just the powers of darkness that are trying to overcome him. Do you not understand that we are living in the spiritual battle? Says, church, do you not understand? We are living in the times of spiritual battle. We are living in the times that when we see everything negative happening all around us, and we need to open our spiritual eyes and begin to understand that we are living in a spiritual battle. And you know what? Church, we are not helpless. Church, there is a destiny for us as a church. In fact, as I look from here, I want to declare to you, God is counting on you as a remnant in this generation. He's looking to you as a remnant that is able, through whom he's able to orchestrate his purposes. Yes, the devil has, has a plan for this nation. Yes, the devil has a plan for you. The devil has a plan for your family. The devil has a plan for this community. But yes, God has a plan and a destiny for you as well. Amen. I'll ask you to go to Psalms 109 for a minute. Could you please open Psalms 109, verse 6. I want to show you the prayer of the evil one against you. Number 6, he says, Appoint an evil man to oppose him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. I want to tell you all that we have around us is an accuser that is standing on our right hand. He's there to oppose us. Verse 7. When he is tried, let him be found guilty. The devil wants you to feel guilty. And I want to tell you sometimes he has succeeded that some of us are walking with our heads low. Why? Because he has passed the verdict over us. We feel guilty about the wrong things that we have done. Instead of being convicted, we feel guilty. And I'm here to challenge you. Do not feel guilty. Feel convicted to turn. Hallelujah. Feel that voice that will tell you, my child, my son, you can turn back to me. He continues to say, may his prayers condemn him. Oh, the devil is saying, oh, how I wish your prayers would condemn you. Oh, how I wish your prayers would not go before the throne of grace. Verse 8. May his days be few. He wants your days to be few. He wants your days to be as few as you, can, you can't even imagine. He wants you dead. And what does he say? May another take his place of leadership. I want to speak you to you, America. The devil has put a demand upon this nation. That another nation will take the place of leadership that God has raised you to. Verse 9. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. That's the plan and the prayer of the evil one. May your children, may the children of America be fatherless. May the wives be widows. That's why he has created a dysfunctional family. That's why he has poured out an onslaught upon the family here in America. That the spirit, the spirit of separation, the spirit of divorce has come to destroy the family of America. Today I'm speaking to you that that is the prayer of the evil one. That is the work of the evil one. Verse 9, verse 10. 
May his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their, and be turned from their, ho- their ruined homes. Let me tell you, Uganda, the devil almost succeeded when he came against us to create an orphan generation and almost succeeded. There is an entire generation in our country that almost was wiped out. You now have the grandparents and the grandchildren. When the AIDS came and every family was affected, every family was touched by the scourge of AIDS. This was tragic. But you know what? We began to ask God, why, why, why? And God would not answer. He said, it's not for me to, uh, to answer you. Why? But it is for you to turn and begin to realize and to understand that you are living in a spiritual battle. When we realized, we began to humble ourselves as a church. And we said, yes, Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If the people, if my people that are called after my name will humble themselves and pray and turn away from their wicked ways, so will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal the land. And when we did that, I want to tell you, we saw change happen over the nation. We saw healing take place in our nation. And today we have the unprecedented opportunity to raise up a godly generation. And I want to declare to you that which the devil has purposed for evil, God is able to turn around for his glory. Amen. Today we have the opportunity to stand before thousands of children and declare that Jesus is Lord. We have the opportunity to stand before the children and tell them and point God to be their father and tell them children God is your father he is the father of fatherless that today we have a generation in our nation that has awakened up to the realization that surely God is a greater father than all other fathers and you ask you should we lament about AIDS should we lament about the scourge that hit us and I will tell you no We are thankful that God pushed us to the place where we would recognize him. That today as a nation, we are a better nation than we were before. Amen. Today, there is a wonderful opportunity to speak to the children and proclaim Jesus unhindered. And I'll speak that to you. The voice of atheism. Today, I will declare that the greatest, the fastest growing religion in America is atheism. Did you know that? People that are saying, you have no need of God. You know what? Church, it's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to pray. I said earlier in the first service that the the devil put a demand on a generation in our country. And almost succeeded in his plans and his schemes. The devil has put a demand on this generation, in this nation. Whatever you're seeing, people fighting against taking God out of the the school system. It is the devil trying to orchestrate his plans and strategies against this nation. Because if he can create another generation that is not believing, he knows he has the next and the next generation. But I am here to declare and to encourage you as a church. Church, to declare, to to encourage you as a people. It is time for us to wake up. It's time for us to pray. It's time for us to take what the devil is trying to take away from us. As a church, we are not helpless. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, can we turn there very briefly? I would encourage you to to read Psalms 109 up to from verse 6 to verse 15. 
Can you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10? Very quickly. The overhead, would you help us, please? Verse 5. Verse 3, turn to verse 3. What does the Bible say? For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. Let me tell you, saints. What does the Bible say? Does it say it is God who demolishes the arguments? Is there an argument that has gone forth in this land? Sure enough, there is. And what is that argument? There is no God. We have no need of God. But you know what? The authority is with you as a church. That you have the authority to demolish arguments, verse 5. And every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. To make it obedient to Christ. So who is that? Who is the Bible talking about? Can you answer me, saints? He's talking about me. He's talking about you. That you have the authority to take captive every vain thought that is exalting itself against the knowledge of Christ. You have the authority. You have the power to demolish every stronghold. Hallelujah. And you have the right to stand and speak in every situation. And speak to your children. When you see your children going the wrong way. You have every right to stand. And say sure enough. I have the right and authority. To speak destiny to my child. The Bible says. That the seed of the righteous. Will be mighty in the earth. They will surely take possession. Of the gates of their enemies. My child will be mighty in the earth. My child is a descendant of Abraham. My child shall serve God. Because I'm serving God. And you are able to contend with every argument. You are able to bring into subjection every spirit that is trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. Can you say amen? Church, it is our moment. Church, it is our opportunity. Today we have an unprecedented, whatever is happening, God is not looking about at those people that are saying there is no God. He's looking at the church. He says, does any understand? Does any man understand? Does my church understand? You and I are the remnant that today God wants to work through to bring transformation in the land. You and I are, God that are the people that God wants to work through to bring change even in Cookville. Praise God for that outreach. Just going out there and serving is in itself spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because formerly churches wanted to be at the forefront to be recognized. But every time you say, I want to do it in the background. That is the heart of Jesus. Hallelujah. That is the heart of, that is spiritual warfare. That you're, you're bringing into subjection every thought that is against the knowledge of Christ. Amen. Let us turn very briefly. Let's go back to Psalms 53. He says, does any understand? 
Then the second thing he says, does any seek the Lord? Church, today I'm here to challenge you and to ask you, are you bothering to seek the Lord? Oh, you have been caught up in the drive of lamenting about issues. Oh, things are not going right in our country. Today, we are going through a shaking, not only America, but around the world. And the challenge is we can join the whole crowd in saying and beginning to lament things are not right. There is a crisis. Oh, we can go before the Father and say, Lord, what is going on around us? What would you have us to do? How do you want us to pray? There is a crisis in the land, yes, but you are the only one that can bring change. Amen. I was reading the other day the book of Daniel. That in the times of Daniel, there lived another, a very evil king. He was called Nebuchadnezzar. Sometimes people say, I don't pronounce it well, but you understand that king. How do you pronounce it? Good. You said it. So this was an evil king. Pagan king. That worshipped other gods. Very evil. One of the worst that history has produced. And the Bible tells us. A time came when he dreamt a dream. And you know what? He had that dream and it wasn't just an ordinary dream. It was a dream that came from God. And it was a dream that God orchestrated. That he may further his purposes. That this evil king could not sleep anymore. He had to call in all the magicians. And he began to consult with them. He said, what, what is this? Can in fact, he gave them a very big task. He said, I do not, I, I'm not going to tell you the dream I had. But yet I'm challenging you. You need to speak the dream that I had. And you need to give me the interpretation thereof. What a big task. The stage was laid. He declared, he said, if you do not do that, I am going to kill you. And remember, there was a young man in the, in, the, in the kingdom at the time. Actually, the three Hebrew boys and Daniel. And the Bible says, an edict went out that the, all the wise men and the magicians would be killed simply because they could not give an interpretation. And the Bible says, word came to Daniel. And Daniel was told what the king had said. And Daniel said, yes, I will not, I, I will not walk with you to lament about what the king has said. But I will go to the one who is able to reveal the mysteries. He's able to reveal the mystery that the king has, has had. And he told his friends that let's pray to the God we believe, the God we serve. And the Bible says Daniel and his friends closed in and they cried out to God the whole night. And in the middle of the night, God visited Daniel. And he revealed the, the, the dream that the king had had. And also gave him the interpretation thereof. Hallelujah. And that Daniel was able to go in to the king's uh, master and say, Here, I have the answer. I have the answer to the problem that the king has. I have the answer to the dream. I have the interpretation thereof. I want to tell you, Daniel, when he was praying and giving thanks, he said, Oh God, you are the revealer of the mysteries. You reveal even those that are hidden in the dark places. But you are the God of the seasons and the times. Hallelujah. You dispose of kings and you appoint kings. Who appoints kings? And who disposes of kings? So it is God. 
Then Daniel was able to say, you appointed the seasons and the times. I want to challenge you that the season that you're living in, it is God who has appointed it. The times we're living in, he is aware of them. But you know what? He's waiting for the church that is able to go in like Daniel did. And say, God, we want you to reveal the mystery of the things that are happening around us. We want you to help us. And God is able to help. Can you say amen? How many of us believe God is able to help? So quit lamenting. You know, one thing the devil would have us to do is to lament. When he has you lamenting, he he does not have you praying. When you lament, you cannot pray. When you whine, you cannot pray. When you complain, you cannot pray. Why? Because you've done the, the negative thing. But when you begin to go in before the Father and say, Lord, I am concerned about this. What would you have me to do? Please direct me. I am helpless and you are God. You are the only God that can help me. Please help me. Let me tell you, if God cannot help you, nothing will help you. I'll say that again. If God cannot help you in your home, in your family, there is no system, there is no wisdom that can help you. I'll say that again. If God cannot help me, nobody can help me. We need to understand that. As we go about the things we're doing, understanding that we're living in spiritual warfare, we, God wants us to depend on him. He wants us to depend on him. One thing that I have realized as a church, and one thing that the devil brings against the church, is for us to want to go through the motions of church and Christianity. Amen. If he can have you going through the motions passionlessly, then he has got you. Coming to church will be okay. It is a routine. Let me go to church. He said, yes, go to church. But you know what? Don't pray a lot. Don't worship too much. Don't be fanatical. And you know, coming to church, you feel very good about yourself. Every time you go away, there is that feeling. And I want you to fight it, okay? You need to understand that you need to have church at home. Amen? You need to have church at home. And when you come to church, you bring God's presence in the church. You do not say, oh, I'm going to wait for Pastor Paul to pray and uh, Elizabeth, they'll, be, they'll pray for us and the leadership. No, you pray at home and come to church, prayed up, bring God's presence in the church. Amen. Let me tell you something. It is time the church, we allowed God to revive us again. For God to restore his passion back in our lives. That everything that, enjoy God. Come on, enjoy God. Enjoy him. Wake up in the morning. Raise your voice. Lift up your hands and praise and worship God. Say, thank you, God, for the gift of life you've given me. I thank you, God, for the gift of salvation. Thank you that you are my God and I am your child. And enjoy God. Enter in and enjoy God. Feel his goodness. Feel his grace. Feel his mercy in the morning. Before you go out to work, you go and you're prayed up. That when you stand there, there will be a Nebuchadnezzar in your workplace who will not have a sleepless night and will begin to ask you, can you give me the interpretation of what is going on in my life? 
And I want to tell you, you'll stand boldly and you'll tell him, my friend, you just need Jesus. You just need the person I have in my life. You just need to meet the God that I have. Amen. But I'm telling you, today, there are enough people going to church than out there. But the sound of those that are not going to church is covering and crowding out the sound of those that are believers. So my challenge to you this morning, please revive your prayer life at home. Amen. Do not pray for one minute. Do not pray for two minutes. Enjoy God. In fact, I even had to use the word pray. Just speak to your father. Most of us here are parents. What does it feel like seeing your child sit there and talk to you? And you just enjoy them. Enjoy them speaking to you. They share with you the challenges they are going through. And they wait for the fatherly counsel, for the motherly counsel that you have to offer. How much more God in his, in his throne, that he desires the church to understand and to begin to seek him and to come into his presence. That he, we may speak and communicate with him and that he may speak to us. I'm challenged when God was speaking to Abraham. He said, can I hide what I'm about to do from my friend Abraham? He called him a friend. Amen. He called him a friend. I cannot hide what I'm about to do from my friend Abraham. Because Abraham enjoyed God's presence. Abraham walked with God. Abraham communicated with the father. And he began to say to him, Abraham, I'm about to destroy that city. And Abraham enjoyed, he began, to, he began to, 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 to share out his fears. He said, but God, if there be 50 righteous men, will you surely destroy that city? Can you see the kind of communication that there was between Abraham and God? Will you destroy 50 righteous men in that city? If there be 50. He said, surely, Abraham, you know me better. I cannot destroy that city because of the 50 righteous men. He said, how about if there are 20? He said, surely I cannot destroy even the 20. They're so precious to me. You know what? God is waiting for us to begin to come and commune with him in a special way. Like his children. And begin to ask him, Lord. Begin to communicate with that he may communicate back with us. And I want to tell you when we get to that place, God will begin to reveal great things to us. God will begin to pour out himself into our lives. That when we go out there, it will not be a challenge to open our mouth to speak. And many people will come to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Do I make sense? Does that make sense to you? We want to see change. If we, we are going to see change, it is between us and the Father. Daniel turned and said, God, you are the reveal of the mysteries. And I want to tell you, just because of Daniel's doing the right thing, an entire kingdom was changed. Nebuchadnezzar recognized there is a God of Daniel. And he alone shall we serve. Just one man, one Daniel. Today we are gathered here by numbers. He's saying he has more than one in this generation. Are we willing to walk with him? Are we willing to communicate with him? Are we willing to understand and to seek him? Praise the name of the Lord. Amen.
We've seen him bring change to our nation. I will always testify about that. In communities which were hopeless, there is this community in Rakai. When we first went in, there was a stronghold in the air. The people were all holding their heads low because of the devastation of AIDS. And we went in there and we told them, look here, we have come to bring Jesus to you. And they said, what kind of Jesus are you bringing to us? As far as we are concerned, there is no God. Which God would allow us to bury our five children? And leave us with 12 kids to take care of. Do you know what? We didn't have answers. You don't have to have answers. All we said, we don't understand. We cannot answer you right now. But one thing we know, that God who allowed this to happen has sent us here. Amen. And we went in there and began to love them. We began to bring change in the school. We did all this infrastructure that you know. But you know what? We began to teach the children that came to the school that we, we need to cry out to the Heavenly Father who is able to provide for us. We need to cry out to the Heavenly Father every morning that He is able to come into our community. Yes, this community has been devastated with AIDS, but yet God has a plan and purpose for this community. We want to usher in God's purposes in our community. We began to ask them to pray for the kingdom of God to come in the community. For his will to be done for that community. And it was a prayer that went on and on and on. To this day, it is still going on. But I want to tell you, God began to break through. Hallelujah. These children would go home and they would share transformation. They would be transformed themselves. Every morning being able to wake up, it drew them closer to God. That when they went home and they found challenges in their home, they would very easily tell their grandparents, let us pray. Hallelujah. Seeing a six-year-old tell the grandparent, let us pray. When the grandparent is lamenting about the issue, let us pray. And then they would pray. And then God would answer these simple prayers. And then the grandparents would begin to say, wow, what has happened to our children? So this is a kind of transformation that has broken through. That today, if you came and shared Christ, they will listen to you. The Muslims want to send are sending their children to school. They say, yes, you, you have a way you, you are molding our children. We do not understand. But we are seeing a change come over them. A few children came to Phoebe before we came. And uh, they're from a Muslim background. They said, you know, our grandparents at home do not tell us we should not get saved. But for us, we know we are saved. We are believers. We know that Christ that you're talking about. Amen. So this is transformation happening. And which transformation is able to come into our community, into our families? Amen. Amen. God wants to break through. God wants to break through. The evil one has a plan and a strategy. We have seen that. And we always see that. But God has a plan for you. And God wants you to align yourself with him, that you may fulfill his purposes for your life and for this nation. Can you say amen? I want to pray with you this morning. I want to ask you to stand up on your feet. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you for this time.
you have spoken to us. You have challenged us. That you are looking down from heaven and you are seeking that to see if there is any that understand, that any that seek you. Father, today we want to ask you to forgive us. For sometimes we've lived our lives like as though we didn't understand that we are living in a spiritual battle. That we found it so easy for us to speak and to join the crowds in lamenting about situations. Rather than understanding that there is a spiritual battle that is going on in the spiritual realm. Father, we ask you to forgive us. And today, we are waking up. Today, as a people, today as individuals, as your children, Lord. We are asking that you will forgive us, Lord. And we are asking that, Lord, you will give us grace to begin to look into the spiritual realm and understand. And to, to seek you, O oh God. Father, to know that whatever is happening all around us is as, as a result of the spiritual battle that is in the spiritual realm. And Father, give us the grace to rise up, Lord, in the authority of your word, Lord, and to contend against the plan and the strategies of the evil one, against us and against our children, against our families, Lord, against our community and our nation. Father, give us the strength. Father, we know that there is a demand that has been put upon this generation. That there will be a generation that does not believe you. But today we are standing as a congregation. We are standing on behalf of the body of Christ in this land. And Lord, we are saying there will be a generation that believes you. This will be a generation that acknowledges you in the name of Jesus. Father, we are raising our children. We are lifting up our young people. I'm going to ask the young people to come here. If there are any young people, you're a youth. I want you to come forward here. Father, these have come forward as a representation of the young people that they are in the land. Lord, we do recognize that there is a remnant of young people that are saying we will acknowledge God as God. And Father, we are praying, Lord, using this as a, as a point of contact. And we are praying for the rest of the young people. Yes, the enemy has raised up a voice declaring that they shall not be God in this nation. But we are saying no. There is a destiny for this nation. There is a purpose for this nation. And in the name of Jesus, we are rising up against every forces of darkness, every lie from the pit of hell. Thou shalt not prevail in this nation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we are declaring that this shall be a generation that shall serve God. Father, even as we have heard, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, that we too shall declare that we, our children, our grandchildren, shall be children that will serve you. In the name of Jesus. Father, it's our prayer that the redemptive purposes for this nation shall be established in the name of Jesus. That your redemptive purpose for the young people in this generation shall be established in the name of Jesus. We cancel out every lie from the pit of hell. We cancel out every deceit that the enemy has brought into this time and into this season. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to raise up your hand. You may be here and you're going through a challenging time. I want you to, I want you to know that it is a spiritual battle that you're going through. And because it is a spiritual battle, it's going to require your involvement in the spiritual realm to refute Every tongue that has risen up against you. To cancel out 
every strategy of the enemy against you. You are the one who is going to take that authority. Like the Bible has encouraged us. So I want you to raise up your hands and begin to speak to every situation. It may be a situation of sickness and disease. I speak to every infirmity. I speak to every disease. I speak to every contrary spirit that is trying to reign in the members of these children of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are in the wrong place. You are in the wrong body. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I command you to take your leave of the people of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. For by the stripes of Jesus, we were made whole. By the stripes of Jesus, we have been delivered from every infirmity in the name of Jesus. Father, you sent your word and healed all our sickness and disease. Right now, I speak the word of God. I speak divine health upon the people of God. I speak divine health upon the children of God. I speak divine health upon your right from your head to the soles of your feet in the name of Jesus. I speak to every cancerous spirit. You shall live in the name of Jesus. I speak to every heart problem. You shall live in the name of Jesus. I speak to every diabetics problem. You shall live in the name of Jesus. I speak to every paralysis. I speak to every infirmity in the name of Jesus. You shall live the people of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, I want to lift up unto you every family. Every family represented here today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak healing and restoration. Father, we know that the enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy. He has come to destroy the family of America. But today we are taking a stand. And I speak on the authority of your word. And I speak destiny upon every family represented here tonight. I speak healing, reconciliation upon every family in the name of Jesus. Father, if there be any that are struggling, that are almost on the verge of separation, right now I speak the word of God. I speak the word of God into that situation and I declare that the two shall be one in the name of Jesus. That you, Jehovah, shall be exalted in the midst of your people. Father, heal every heart. Heal every broken heart today in the name of Jesus. Heal every person that is here today in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your hand be stretched forth upon their lives, O oh God. We lift up their loved ones, O oh God. Some, of, some people here have their loved ones that are struggling in their walk. Today, I want us to stand and, and begin to call them back into the kingdom of God. Father, we are standing to call back every person that has been walking away from you. That is part of this family in the name of Jesus. We are calling them back. Let them be restored back to the family. Let them be restored back in the name of Jesus. We declare destiny. We declare the word of God into their lives in Jesus' name. Father, cause them to turn back to you. Let us together lift up this nation. I want us to speak destiny to this nation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you for America. This is a nation that was founded on your word. This is a nation that you've exalted to where she is. But yet, Lord, we acknowledge that as a nation, there are many wrong things that have happened all around us. To the point that you have been taken out of the school system and people are working hard to take you out of the different infrastructure of this nation. But, Lord, we are standing as your children, Lord. 
And we are asking that, Lord, you will begin to work like you worked in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. May you work in this generation, Lord. Father, that you cause this nation to turn one more time back to you. King of glory, that you be enthroned as the Lord of America in the name of Jesus. Father, as a church, we repent of our complacency. We repent, Lord, of, of not doing the things we needed to do, God. We repent, Lord, of our lukewarmness, O oh God. Father, we have not sought you like we should. We have not come into your presence like we should, O oh God. But Lord, we ask that you will have mercy upon us, O oh God. And we are praying that the church in America will waken. The church in America will arise, O oh God. Father, in Jesus' name, to be the true light in this community to be the true light in this nation, O oh God. That one more time the church will be the church, O oh God. One more time the church will burn with a new passion for you, Christ Jesus, O oh God. Lord, that even as we go out in our workplaces, O oh God, we will call you Christ into our workplaces, O oh God. That many will see you, O oh God. That as we behave, as we live our lives for you, you will be glorified, O oh King of glory. You will be crowned Lord of our workplaces, O oh God. You'll be crowned Lord over this community in Cookville, O oh God. You'll be crowned Lord Lord of America in the name of Jesus. We ask you to save America. May you save America, Lord. May you bring revival in the land. Bring revival in the land, O God of glory. Bring revival in the land, my Father. We bless you, God. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I just dedicate if there be anyone that is here today and you say, I have never received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. This is a wonderful opportunity. All you have to do is to say, yes, Lord. Today I open the door of my heart. Come and reign in me. Forgive me of all my sins. I repent of all my sins that I've done from my childhood. Today I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Save me today. Make me your own. Let me be your child from today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. God bless you so much. Again, it's a wonderful blessing to be here. I'm going to invite my wife to come and share. And then you'll also be able to watch a video. Thank you so much for the opportunity you always give to us to share with you. And uh, thank you for being part of what um, is happening around the world, especially in our country, Uganda. Thank you so much, those who have been sponsoring children. We have good news. They are well. They are okay. They are bringing transformation to nations because of the seed you've been putting in them. And thank you as a church. Uh, if you gave me time, I would give you testimonies after testimonies of what your seeds are doing around the world and especially in Uganda. We were preaching the gospel. Last June, we went into a place that has been unreached in our country. Over 50,000 gave their lives to Christ. And we are very, very grateful. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I know the enemy now announces, you know, bad things and they are, they are so pronounced like other good things are not happening. But I want to assure you good things are happening and the Lord wants us to continue doing good things. And that's why he challenges us. He doesn't want us to sleep and say, oh, I did it yesterday. 
that was yesterday's glory and you have to look for today's glory and you have to work hard. As the enemy is trying to say, oh, there's no God, we shall stand and say there is God and the world shall know that there is God. Amen. So thank you so much. You've been supporting us in different ways and powerful, powerful things have been happening in the kingdom of God. I will also extend our invitation. Like my husband said, please, you're welcome to come and see and touch where your seeds always go. We still have uh, the challenge of children. If we don't touch them, the world will touch them. And the Lord has called us and given us a passion towards children. We want to pick them from uh, terrible situations. We don't want to mind so much about what happened, why they came to, to the world, and maybe their parents are not taking care of them or they passed away or whatever. But we want to pick them so that the world does not pick them. And this is a remnant for the Lord. And we've seen it happen. And we are inviting you. Has the Lord been challenging you to adopt children, to sponsor children? The more you sponsor children, the more the wars between nations crack down. If you sponsor a child, you already have a relationship with Africa. And you always know that whatever happens in Africa, you're already relating with Africa. And you'll be praying for Africa. You'll be getting concerned about Africa. And when you sponsor a child, that child definitely knows the Lord has established a divine relationship with America. And Americans, I want to assure you that Ugandans pray for you. You need to be there at 5.30 early in the morning. And our children are laying America before the Lord and crying out for the Lord. Why? Because there is already a connection. Children will believe without sponsors in America or around the world, they would not be who they are. They will not even praise the Lord. It gives us an opportunity to say, oh, the Lord loves you. Share the love of God and share that the Lord is there for them. So we have an opportunity and we are laying it before you. God has given us different gifts. If your gifting is in adopting children, sponsoring children, you're welcome. If your gifting is in planting churches, you're welcome. Whatever gift you have and you feel you want to take it around nations, we are here and we are laying this opportunity to you. We're just requesting a little time, bit of your time, just a few minutes to watch. It's just slides, shots, you'll see children. And if you're sponsoring children, know that your child is among those that are jumping. I know that if you are not there, that child would not jump. That child would not know the Lord. That child would not even understand if one said, God loves you. But those children know the Lord love him. And in our country, we see we have the remnants for God. We see that children who know who God is because of your seed. Thank you once again. Thank you so much. We have pictures behind. We have brochures. We will be standing there. If you have any question, if you want to know how to visit Uganda, if you want to know how to sponsor a child, or you want to pick a child and begin to relate with nations, we'll be at the back and you're welcome. And now you're welcome to watch the DVD. God bless you so much.